Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. Hello, listeners. In this episode of Nighttime, we're going to discuss a story that I suppose is the reverse of a missing person case. This is the story of a found person. More specifically, a man who was found hanging dead from a tree near the Halifax airport on October 8th of 2004. This man, despite 16 years of effort, has yet to be identified and has adopted the name the Halifax Airport John Doe. In tonight's episode, I'm going to be joined by Lena Snooks, a local researcher and true crime enthusiast who has made it her mission to try to track down the Halifax Airport John Doe's family and put an end to this mystery. So let's get to it. Tonight's episode will be joined by Lena Snooks, and our topic is the Halifax Airport, John Doe. Lena, we're live on YouTube, and, and I'm proud to be live with someone who's not so far away. You're a fellow Nova Scotian like me. I sure am in, in Dartmouth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, before we get into it, let's let's talk about you. Tell me a bit about you. Um, I'm 23. I go to Dalhousie. Um, I work as a work clerk at Five WK and the NICU. Yeah. And I I just love true crime. I listen to podcasts all the, all the time. Is basically it. And I I love local true crime. Like our the cases around here that aren't solved really interest me. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good. You said your NICU is your job. Is that that's like intensive care for babies yes it's a neonatal intensive care unit wow that's intense yeah yeah it's 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 really like it's a it's a rewarding job it's sad but it's rewarding so it's, yeah uh, well it's also um it's a job that uh i'm very glad that there are people dedicated to do it because that's an important job i i i don't think i like i always understood how hard the life of like a nurse was like i think i got the concept of it but when i my wife and i had our first kid child yeah like I left the hospital that night being like every nurse needs a 10 time raise because <laughs> like, you, you realize like what they actually do when push comes to shove and oh, and a no. nurse is there by your side you're like oh my and it's funny because um I started working there my mom was a, has been a, an ICU nurse for like over 30 years and she mm -hmm. got me the job there and I never really appreciated what she did and mm -hmm. then when she, when I got the job, like working with her, I was like, oh my god, she comes home and raises me and my brothers, and, <laughs> and you know, work and does this. So, it yeah. in my mind. so tell me about your true crime passion. So what what I know about you, uh, and and fill in where where I'm wrong is my understanding is you're you're a true crime fanatic, and you do like a lot of. Um, kind of like case summaries on reddit is, is that what you do yeah yeah i do and i i don't i don't post on there enough but i just started doing it 
for fun because I uh, when I first got into true crime, I found the red or the Reddit sub. It's like unsolved mysteries or on yeah unresolved mysteries. I think that's what it is, and that's what really got me into true crime. Uh-huh. So I made a Reddit account and I started posting Nova Scotian stories that I couldn't find on Reddit or anything or ones that were like very scarce on the internet. I guess. Oh, that's cool. That's um my buddy's name is uh, Robin Warder. He hosts a podcast called The Trail Went Cold. That's how he started as well. He was putting uh, he did like various like true crime lists and true crime you know short story kind of things that he would write up and post on on reddit i saw a few of yours and it's i don't know how we didn't come across like how our paths didn't cross because you uh the stuff that you write about it's it just like me you're into the local stories that haven't really gotten a lot of attention and you're kind of picking through the newspapers and whatnot finding the breadcrumbs and trying to put stuff together it seems is that am i getting that right yeah yeah and now i actually want to go back and edit because like i i typed them up so fast in the spelling mistakes i'm just i just want to get what get my my info out there but yeah no i just try and like find everything i can on the internet because sometimes it's really hard like it, i don't know it's just not enough cape people report on the case mm-hmm. and, i think there was one up yeah no and it, the, another thing too is like i find if if a story goes national, so something happens in Nova Scotia, small town Nova Scotia, maybe it becomes a story across Nova Scotia and CBC does an article or something. If it goes national and, you know, different news outlets are picking it up across the country, then you all of a sudden you'll have like five or six different articles that, you know, maybe have taken different spins on the story or different takes. So you're getting more info. If it goes international, like say Elisa Lamb did, you, know, yes. you, you have documentaries and full, like, you know, five-page articles. But a lot of the stuff you write about, like the Halifax Airport John Doe, you may have a police report, a press release, you know, in, a, in you know, five paragraphs in the local newspaper. Like his story that, that we'll get into here, there hasn't been a lot, you know, said about it or a lot done. And I, I don't know why that is, but I think it may simply be the fact that his story is is such a mystery that there's all there's not even a lot you can say because there's so little to know other than just this this kind of template for a mystery. I remember hearing about this, but I've never got into it until I got your email. Um, you, you suggested this case, and I often will get a case suggestion, which is like, "Hey, Jordan, uh, have you ever thought about covering this?" Yours was. Instead of that, you had this like case for this guy. I felt like you were advocating on behalf of the Halifax Airport John Doe uh, to, to do this this story. So it's 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 obviously something real, you know, personal to you, or something that you found yourself connected to. How did you learn about this guy? Well, I first heard about him like when I first got in the true crime, probably five years ago. But again, I couldn't find much on him, so I just kind of left it. And then I think it was like. La- a year and a half ago, I started looking into John- into John Doe's around here that weren't identified, and there's only the two. There's the one in Yarmouth, and there's the Halifax John Doe, mm-hmm. and and then I was like, okay, he was found by the airport, and just the details were so like bizarre. Like he had so many, I don't know, identifiable things with him. Like he, like his glasses, he had his backpack, you know, like mm-hmm. but just it blew my mind that he wasn't identified yet because there was even a, like a skull, like a bust made of his face and that's mm. what was crazy yeah, to me. It is. Um, I think I first heard about him years ago, probably not long after this happened. And I, I, it 
left my mind probably because I assumed he would have it would have been identified and dealt with because that's like you said there's a lot of information that should help him become identified as well as we have like good photos and not photos of him but like artistic um takes on what he would have looked like and you know it should have been spread far and wide enough that you would think they would have matched what happened here in Halifax with a missing person case somewhere in the world but yeah that that ha- that didn't happen so let, let's let's talk first about some of the the basics of it so we we have no idea what leads up to this man's death but for us as the people following the story it really starts on October 8th 2004 with a discovery near the Halifax airport so maybe if you can just describe you know the scene and what was actually found like how did how did the Halifax airport John Doe make himself known on October 8th, mm-hmm. he was spotted on uh, Highway 102 behind the Petro-Canada gas station, which isn't there anymore. Okay. And it was, you know, kind of kind of wooded. I'm probably not densely wooded, but mm-hmm. anyways, he was found hanging there. And police said he's, he was probably there for about 10 days. He was badly decomposed. Five to 10 days, they said. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's another thing I wonder why his decomposition was so bad, if mm-hmm. he was only there for 10 days. But... um he had um he had a bag like a just a backpack with some clothes in it um he had expensive clothing on but and he had a couple like canadian cha- like change in his pocket but that was about it there was mm-hmm. you know no like suicide note or i don't know anything yeah but it's it's not like um it's not like a homeless man that was found, you know, passed out and died or something this like he was like a well-dressed man with expensive clothes that were neatly arranged is my understanding in his bag yeah exactly like he was like he was wearing i mean he had a uh, dolce and gabbana glasses in his bag he had was wearing like brand new timberland boots they said mm-hmm. so i mean and he you know he had his hair i think it was um in like dreads short dreads but um mm-hmm. he like he was dressed well like expensively and he was well like well groomed well taken care of you know i mean mm-hmm. so he obviously and he was he didn't die accidentally he it looked like he hung himself. He was found hanging mm. from a tree, so it was really bizarre. Yeah, and do you know how like where he was found? That, how close to the airport is this? Because he he's referred to as the Halifax John Doe or the Halifax Airport John Doe. Like how far from the airport is this gas station he was behind? I, it's actually funny. In December, I drove out to the airport and I looked at the. I, I was just happened to be out there, and um, there's another gas station there now. And I mm. kind of like uh, we are. I was just dropping, we were dropping somebody off, and um, I was like, okay, so it's about five minutes, I'd say, or maybe even four minutes. Like, there's a Tim Hortons, but it's it's a walking distance away. It's really not that far. Yeah, so it's, like, because that's always been one question, is if, what his connection was to the airport, but where he would have been found, the only plausible reason he would be there would have been either coming from or going to the airport, so... It's reasonable to say, you know, whatever led to him there has something to do with coming or going through the airport. Yeah. 
Well, exactly, because the airport's so outside of the city, right? It's mm-hmm. like we you have to drive like twenty minutes to get to the airport, and on the way there, there's not really anything. So, you definitely would think that the airport has to have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so, if that's the case, if he comes in or is going to the airport, one or the other, he would have had a bag with him, likely with his luggage or whatnot. And so that would explain why he had a bag with all these clothes. But do you know, like, was there ever any ID or anything found, like a passport or anything? I'm guessing where they haven't been able to identify him it must this stuff must not have been included with his bag like okay to start with he had just a backpack with like a change of clothes in it so you know if he's traveling it's not very much it almost seems like a carry-on bag mm-hmm. he didn't have a, a passport or an id and i know if to, you have to, to if, i think even just to travel from province to province you need an id to fly i think mm-hmm. i think that still applies and i mean a passport if he had from, came from a different country he would need a passport to enter canada so the fact that he didn't have either of that on him was really weird to me. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like he threw it out or somebody threw it out for him. It, he, who, if he either didn't want to be identified or somebody didn't want him to be identified. That's how, that's how it seems. Yeah. And do you, other than, so uh, as far as what was found with him, so he was found hanging, as we said, he had his bag with what I, what I heard was found, was found with him was, Clothes, glasses, no ID, no passport. Do you know of anything else that was like in the scene or on the scene that could have been seen as any kind of evidence? No, and that's that's the thing. Like there, were, oh, there was a flashlight that was found with him, which I thought, you know, was kind of weird. You know, mm. that stood out to me. Why would you need a flashlight? Um, the there was a soccer, like a Madrid soccer jersey. I mean that. But that's like, you know, maybe he just enjoyed soccer. Yeah. And, and and that's kind of a stylish, a stylistic choice as well. Like people will wear soccer jerseys just as, as a yeah. shirt, you know, like, a, it, like a band, I would wear a band shirt. Maybe he would wear a soccer shirt. Well, yeah, exactly. I would wear a band shirt. Yeah, no, totally. And that, that's what I was thinking. And what kind of made me wonder if he was from Europe or something is because soccer so big over there in mm. madrid i kind of i don't know i just i was like that just stuck out to me i was like just huh, you know like a hunch yeah yeah um so he's found there's no id so they can't figure out who this guy is it seems like really all that happened from there is there was um photos uh there was there's two versions of his photos but that were, that are drawings. One was put out on you know in the news and the local paper looking for information on this guy. But do you know how like how much effort was actually made by the authorities to find him or find his family? Well, that's what I I can't find much effort. I know mm-hmm. that they looked at the security cameras at the airport, and I but I don't know how far back they looked. I mm-hmm. mean that wasn't stated. They also said they looked at the Tim Hortons because the Tim Hortons was is very close to where the Petro Canada used to be, mm-hmm. and it had a security camera out there. And they said they looked at that and they didn't see anything. And I I guess they asked some of the airport employees if Mm -hmm. they saw a man matching his description and they didn't. But, you know, besides that, it doesn't seem like there was much done to, I don't know, find a family. Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame. But I think, um, and we'll get into this, but where foul play wasn't suspected, there's probably, that probably takes some of the motivation away from, like, solving this. Like, I wonder... I'm sure there was a lot done behind the scenes by law enforcement, but it almost appears as if it was this sort of 
passive approach at identifying him, which is we'll figure out maybe what he looked like and we'll put something up on our website and see if, you know, if, if eventually, you know, his yeah. family contacts us or something. Cause That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of how it, how it seems. Cause he, it, it just like, when I think of the story on its surface, someone in my mind, someone came here on an airplane somehow ended up in the woods near the airport hanging from a tree without their ID or passport and a flashlight on the ground. It just seems like, I don't know. I, I'm shocked that, that, um, that, that can't be solved. Um, and I, I do know that the, the official ruling is that foul play wasn't expected. They believe this is a suicide. I also know that you seem to have questions about that. I, I seem to doubt it. Like I, I know, I mean, I don't know much about the autopsy or anything, but I mean, mm-hmm. I just, it seems such a, like a, such a weird place to commit suicide. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he didn't have like a, a note and I, I mean like not everybody leaves a note, but he didn't mm-hmm. have an ID and maybe, maybe he just didn't want to be identified, but he, he, I very, like very much doubt that he was from here because you think you would definitely think he would have been identified by now. Yeah. So why come to Halifax and commit, suicide by the airport it just and i wonder if because he was found hanging they didn't really look into the cause of his death they just made an assumption so Mm. i know i don't know yeah but i do know like a just the idea of um i think they call it suicide tourism which is let's say if you were wanted to end your life maybe you didn't want your family or friends to find you or your roommates to find you or something people will um, travel to another city and like go in a hotel or something and do it. Yes. And yeah. So, and that's something like I, I, there was a documentary I watched that was, I can't remember what it was called, but it was all about the idea of, of that kind of thing happening and what, and what happens to these people that can't be identified. I can't think of the name of it, but it, it just kind of opened my mind to this world of like working in a hotel somewhere overseas and, you know, someone from some other country just shows up and, you ha- and you have to find them and it's so when i hear of halifax john doe maybe i'm projecting my memories from this documentary but i'm almost envisioning this person who who just doesn't want to be who wants found. to do this but doesn't want to be found but at the same time doing it in the woods outside the airport it just That's, seems really yeah. strange and um there's like a famous like a really popular case i don't know if you've heard of him it's a lyle stivic i don't know if i'm saying his name right but he uh he basically was like it's a like a not his real name he went and committed suicide in a hotel in california and you know left a note and they weren't able to identify him for 15 years and i think last year they actually found his identity and you know it was a suicide tourism so same Hmm. thing and the thing uh, what made me think it wasn't with this john doe was the fact that it was the woods but yeah like i thought you know a hotel seems more plausible to me but who knows i mean maybe this yeah just to give him a more like private area or something but it's um but then again it's like he didn't have much luggage he just had a bag so maybe that could kind of speak to him not expecting to come here for an extended stay but why halifax halifax is not your if you're buying it let's say if he's from you know uh, somewhere in europe or something just as a, as a guess. Yeah. You would think that the cheaper airfare would be to go to Toronto or Vancouver. Like Halifax yeah. is kind of like, you kind of got to get a few connections to end up here. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. You know, like what if it was somewhere abroad? It, it is a lot cheaper to fly to Toronto or Montreal. So why Halifax and why by the airport? I mean, if you're going to commit suicide outside, I think when you want to do it somewhere with a better, you know, I mean, a nicer place, maybe not next to the Highway 102. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it it just the the whole thing seems weird, and I guess that is why people are taken by the mystery of of this man is it it just that explanation of just a simple well i don't know how simple suicide tourism is but a case of that just seems a little out of uh it it just seems like there's a bit of a stretch needed to to get there um one and i think you brought this up in some of the writing that you did about this is some theories surrounding the possibility of a drug mule kind of fitting his manner of death and how he ended up there. What are what are your thoughts on that? Well, I at first I wasn't I didn't wasn't sure about that theory, but then I started reading more into it, and a lot of people were saying like on Reddit and on other like forums that this seemed like um, um the most likely theory because he obviously had money. If he was a drug mule, his family would not know where he went, which would mean they wouldn't know he was in Nova Scotia or was identified in Nova Scotia. Um, he, his luggage, like he could have had luggage, say, and you know, I don't, I don't know much about <laughs> trafficking drugs, but obviously he wouldn't take his luggage. The per- the luggage would be with um, whoever he was doing it for. That'd be given to that person, and mm. the carry on bag could have just been his stuff, like a change of clothes. Um, Mm-hmm. No ID, no passport. Um, if they say it was like something that went wrong, he, they, people could have thrown it out except because it was fake. Um, or if he, I don't know, you know, like maybe there was no other option and he had to commit suicide and he hmm. didn't want to be found. No, so he threw out his ID. Yeah, the, and for people who don't know the kind of the the drug trade and how drug mules operate, there's a... I, I'm addicted to those crappy shows on I don't even know what channel, but it's like it'll be like airport security, and it's like a reality show where the camera just follows follows around like people who work at the airport. There's oh one, my... there's one called Border Patrol. I think Board, my partner loves that show. Yeah, Border yeah. Patrol. I think what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So in Border Patrol, I don't. Know, I think that's an airport in Toronto or Quebec, but. Basically, what what it is is you see people coming across the international border trying to get through Canadian border services, and uh, so you'll see border services and kind of ask them a few questions: Why are you coming here? You know, they'll go through their bags with a little thing testing for drugs. But they often catch drug mules coming into Canada, and what a drug yeah. mule would be is I'm from some other place or country or something like that, and my job is to sneak drugs into Canada. So I will have a uh, my my suitcase full of, you know, my clothing and maybe a few books, but a couple of those books are hollowed out and filled with cocaine or something. And what I would do is bring that on the air on the airplane, go across the border, pass it off to some random person at the airport, and then, you know, take my flight home with a couple hundred bucks or whatever the payment is. So that's kind of what it what a drug mule would do. In in this guy's case, the Halifax John Doe, it's you you could see you could make a case for that because um, a drug mule, like you said, he wouldn't have told his friends and family, "I'm going to Halifax to you know drop off yeah. drugs on Wednesday." Uh, yeah, he also wouldn't bring a bunch of his own stuff. He would just have a little backpack, just enough to 
you know, stay comfortable for the one or two days of travel that he'd have to go in with. And a drug mule would likely be meeting with some dangerous people when they, when they well, arrive here. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And um, there's another thing where he had, and when he was found, they did like a, a exa they examined his body. There was a, his leg was, had been broken at one time. And either he took the cast off too soon or he didn't seek proper, like didn't go to a doctor for it. And people were um, thinking that maybe he didn't go to a doctor because he broke it while he was, you know, trafficking drugs and he didn't hmm. want any trace. I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, another thing is just little things kind of make me think maybe that would be yeah. what happened. Yeah. Cause he was, um, it was it was not that his leg was like broken when they found him. It was it was like a, a previous break that didn't yes. heal right as if yes. as if he like when I heard that, my thought was maybe he was just from another country where medical care isn't what it would be in Canada or the United States or something and maybe True. Yeah, and maybe it was just he just roughed it until it kinda of healed on its own. But it's and, yeah. It, it's all a big mystery and and there's so little there's so there's so small amounts of evidence or, or clues that you're just kind of left speculating, and I guess that's why the mystery remains. He he arrived here. They found him. It was October of two thousand and four. So we're it's seventeen years now that this guy's yeah. picture has been out there without any family finding him. Which is which is crazy to me to say because like the internet, you know, it's so vast and you know, I guess it's the fact that. His case isn't very popularized, that it may be why he hasn't identified. Maybe his family doesn't even know. They think he could be living somewhere else and just doesn't know where he is, right? The photos that have circulated of him, they're drawings that were made from, I think they'd like, took his like skull and tried to figure out what he would have looked like is it's like, yeah that sort of Th thing they did and they did like a bot like i think they did like um a bust of him i thought i saw it like they put clay on a skull i they they, they yeah essentially they just tried to play well play on what he would look like you know like take a guess so but i mean you know you've seen those estimate drawings you i don't know some of them are really bad so who yeah knows? yeah well, even with him there's there's two versions and they look similar but they do look like two different guys when i see the two photos that are that are going around of this guy they they look like they could be related but they don't look like the same guy so no yeah who, who's like, to say and, and then the, on top of that let's say just uh, putting a country out there let's say this guy's from bermuda and he has no if he has no connection to halifax why would his family in Bermuda, you know, be yeah. reading the local newspaper in Halifax in 2004? Exactly. Why would they even like, why would they think, oh, he's in Halifax, you know, like it just, it is. And it's not like we're, I mean, we're not a small province, but like we're not huge, you know, it's kind of like just a random place. If they had no idea where he was going and he was from abroad, they wouldn't be like, oh, Halifax or oh, Nova Scotia, you know, it's yeah. Makes me wonder. Yeah, definitely. But it's um, it's it's one of those things where I I think the answers out there like he was he wasn't a like he was somebody to a lot of people. He had 
money, so he must have either had a job or had some place in society. Like the people who seem to fall through the cracks are the people who've kind of been shut off from society for a long time. Yeah. This guy, that doesn't seem to be the case. Again, he had, you know, name brand stuff and... Brand new boots, yeah. Like. Yeah, so, so, he, so assuming he has an apartment somewhere where rent isn't getting paid and a job he isn't showing up for and a girlfriend or parents yeah. or, you know, people were, he's not like a nomad. He seems just like any person who just disappeared. Well, yeah, exactly. Assuming, I think that's why I'm so like set on trying to find him because I want to bring his family closure, but I also want to like give him closure. I mean, they haven't even buried his body yet. It actually remains at the medical examiner's office and they are leaving it there until he's identified so they can give their remains to the family, which I mean is nice, but you know, it's kind of like he doesn't even have a final resting place yet. Yeah. And and it's like, how long can that go on for? Because it's like, this is rare. As far as I know, there's only two John Doe, John and Jane Doe's in Nova Scotia in like the last, I think, 75 years, I think is what I read since there's been two in that that girl in Yarmouth who was like 25 years ago, I think it was. I don't Mm. know. And then there's this guy. Yeah, there's not a lot. Like there is no John Doe's from around here. Yeah. But you would think with our airports not so huge, you you would think that if they found him... Even if they wanted to go back for the last 10 or 15 days, like, I wonder how many people would have come and gone from the airport. And I know, like, from reading about cases that involve airplanes, every kind of flight has its list of all of its passengers. So I I just wonder how many, like, if you took 10 days of air traffic in and out of Halifax, like, how many people would have, would be on that list? Yeah, and that's what I was wondering, like, because I wonder how far back did the did the police go? They must have looked through all, like, the airplane records and names, and you would think. I wonder, yeah, you would think that, and I wonder, you know, maybe, I don't know, it's it's really weird to think, like, a flight he missed or something, mm-hmm. or... In, in, in my opinion, I, I feel like it's he came from the airport rather than going to the airport. If if foul play, if there's no foul play and it was, uh, in, you know, if he intentionally took his own life, why would he come from somewhere to the airport? It would make more sense to come out of the airport oh, yeah. and sneak away. So if, if that's the case, then his name would have to be associated with some flight. Other- Unless exactly. it, unless he was on the flight under a fake name, which isn't improbable. This was before, or no, this would have been after this September was, yeah. 11th. So. This was after 9-11, yeah. Actually, yeah, and th- this was in 2004, so security would have been really tight. Crazy, then. yeah, it would have been really, sc- yeah, and I, I do think, too, that he definitely was coming from the airport. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm wondering, I mean, I hope the police looked into the list of names, but you would really think that... Because, I don't know, there would be a name on there that they they could go through all the people. I mean, it's not that hard to go for the last 10, 15 days and to try and, you know, identify each person. And, I mean, they have their information on file, so. Yeah, and they would at least have some basic info, like age, um, 
uh, race because it they yeah. could because it why don't you you know this the details of this guy's why don't you why don't you give me some of his description like if you were to describe this guy with those stats so he's from like a he's African European descent they think and but people have stated that because of the decomposition he might have been more mixed race than they can actually say because of the de- decomp by the time they mm-hmm. he was found it was hard to tell by the way he looked so but they think that he he you know was definitely african european um so i mean that's one thing he had uh i think he had short dreadlocks in his hair when he was found um he had, he had prescription glasses so i'm assuming he wore glasses in his everyday life mm-hmm. so yeah, so some of that stuff would be the kind of stuff. I'm just thinking, like, what would be associated with the information on, like, a driver's license, let's say. So things like height, eye color, oh, hair color. Oh, yes. Sorry, like, I didn't even Oh, no, no, that. that's, that's all right. But I'm just, like, as you were listening, I'm, I was trying to think of, like, this, this data. Like, what could you cross-reference it with to attach him to, like, a, a flight log? But Yeah, he was 5'10", 5'11", like... Uh, around 160 pounds they said between 18 and 23 years old but hmm. i mean looking at the picture i think he looks older yeah personally, based personally. on the i thought so as well um but i wonder if foul play isn't expected versus if it was how deep that investigation would go so if, if they have to if someone commits suicide at the outside of the airport in halifax are they going to take you know, five cops and get them to contact the 5,000 people that came and went from the airport. Uh, yeah, no. If, it, I, if it's a murder or something like that and they could prove it, you know, I, maybe that's that's when that kind of investigation happens. It, well, that's actually a really good point because if it's just automatically ruled as a suicide, you're definitely not going to put as much of a research or police investigation into finding out who he was but you know if it was murder you definitely i mean obviously they would be like okay we're gonna go through and try and find out who did this to this person and find out who this person is kind of thing mm-hmm. but yeah i just i think where they automatically ruled it as suicide i mean i think that took a lot of tension away from the case and it could have it probably has negatively effect affected him being identified Oh yeah, absolutely. But what about this? Like if, if foul play was involved, like I, I've heard of stories where people would, um, you know, foul play would be involved and they would set up the scene to, you know, look, to look like a certain thing happened and yeah. you know, hide themselves away. I just, I don't know if I, if I've found a story where someone tried to hide a murder by hanging someone. And that's true. I don't, I've actually looked into this and I haven't found anything that really catches my attention. But yeah, that is that is true. That is a good a good point. It just it's just the suicide thing seems so odd to me. I think that's why I'm like I'm like grasping at straws, you know, mm-hmm. like trying to make sense of it. And I mean, like the suicide tourism thing is very likely too. I just don't know why he would get off a plane and go five minutes away from an airport and commit suicide, I guess. Yeah. It's, it seems pretty desperate. And if, and let's say that is what happened. Yeah. You would think that 
there would have been other like he it, that would imply that he was pretty desperate and committed to do it and was probably in a bad state and if so yes. wouldn't he have made himself known to like the person sitting next to him like you uh, would think that someone would be like i had the weirdest flight like this guy was yeah it was a guy. strange vibe like i feel like i would sense that I had a very, yeah, the the guy next to me, he was like weirdly, I don't know, just, yeah, no, you would definitely think that he would give off some sort of creepy or like a paranoid vibe or, you know, definitely or and also, something. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's a hotel really close to the airport and that's, uh, I, I mean, like maybe he didn't have the extra money, but I just always think like suicide tourism, like why wouldn't you want to go to the hotel? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, the, maybe the flashlight, if if it was his flashlight and not just some random flashlight in the woods, which probably happens, you know, on the side of a highway or something, um, maybe the flashlight's purpose was maybe that was a part of his plan. I'm just going to get there and find somewhere. Yeah. Um, But on the same token, if he had covered his tracks and was flying with a fake identity and had hid his ID and passport, why not just go into the bathroom at the airport? Well, yeah, exactly. Why, why walk, I don't know, walk five minutes if you were that, you know, in that much of a rush or that much of a, he must have been, if that was the case, he would have probably been, you know, like in a state of disarray. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. seems so, it just, Some, nothing adds up. Yeah. Someone just added in the chat is, uh, what did he have his rope in a carry on? That seems unlikely. And I never thought of that. We, I guess we don't I know. I never thought of that either. We yeah. don't know what he was, what he was hung with though. I don't know if that was. At least I don't I don't remember seeing that as a piece of information the police no, released. They it, haven't. It could like it could have been a rope, it could have been a shirt or a pair of pants cuz he did have his clothing with him and people can do it with that. With, that's true and I mean like he did have a, a belt but his belt was like folded neatly with his clothing. But yeah, mm-hmm. the, I never even thought about the fact that the rope, yeah, if it was I wish they would have released what he was hung with, you know? Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make more sense. Yeah, and you would think like, if they don't suspect foul play and the only purpose of the police releasing info is to help him be identified, why are they, why would they hide? Like, why not just put it all out there? Yeah, why not just give you all the, all the details and be like, and, hey, you know? Because like, they did do some kind of sort of like a pseudo press conference where they had all his stuff folded up on a table with, I think, his bust that you talked about, which is like yes. his shoulders up. So they, they did show off the stuff, but they should just give like warts and all like here's exactly what we know and here's what we looked into because this yeah. guy they should i think if that if all that was out there it would for one it would gain more attention to this case because it would give people more to talk about and i think the only way this fella is going to find his family or his family's going to find him is if his name or not his name well that would help but if his <laughs> face in the story gets put out there so it's well, like the, yeah. the police need to to like partner with the public yes exactly yeah like you would like if it's a suicide then there's nothing for them there's no holdback evidence you know you would think that they would just release everything and let the public know all the details and i mean i wonder who found him i would love to know that like i mean if you're listening and you you happen to find him uh, you know message me but um you know i'd love to know who found him and talk to him about it and but they never released obviously who who was going to discover him yeah and that was a traumatic find i'm sure but it's um, oh i'm sure yeah the the way i understand it is he he was out of sight it was like he was like behind the gas station and in the the woods so yeah 
it's I'm just guessing, but I could see it being I don't know if he was I don't know if he was far enough in the woods that it's like we're talking about like a hunter. But yes. we definitely could be talking about some people on a motorcycle cruising around oh, or, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. Because yeah, when, like, when you're out that way near the, the airport, on the side of the highway, there's quite a bit of area that's cleared. And often yes. you'll see, like, four-wheel motorcycles and stuff driving through there. I could see it being a case like that. That but, is true. Yeah. It could be. Guessing. It would have been really traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. And I mean, like, it just, I, I didn't even like the comment about the rope that really sticks in me though. I would love to know. What, yeah. he what about this up. comment? Someone just in the chat just asked, uh, do they not have his DNA? And that's, that's another part. If they, <laughs> if they have his body, they can like now, I'm sure you've seen cases as a true crime nut where they do that. I think it's called like famil DNA. Famil, where they, yeah. Where, yeah. Where they can, where they can take your DNA and maybe they can't identify you, but they can be like, you know, this person's, you know, related to her, at least her aunt or uncle or something. You would think with his DNA, they could give a pretty good, someone should just take it and send it to ancestry.com yes, and find out yeah. where this fella's from. Um, I know. My mom. Oh, wait, no, go on. Sorry. No, my mom did. Uh, she got, she's really into like genealogy and all that yeah. stuff. And my mom did the my ancestry or ancestry.com or whatever that website is where it, it yeah. tells you your history but it also will tell you people who've used that service that are related to you and my yes my yeah. mom did it so this is a crazy story my mom did it and um she got a match being like you know your brother and three sisters uh oh, okay. are, you know are connected and my mom was like i have one sister and oh my god somehow i don't know if, if you had to pay or what but somehow she found two people who are her her blood siblings and yeah. she had no idea and this this happened like two years ago my mom's like you know in her mid-60s and yeah. what she learned is that my grandfather yeah. earlier on in his life had children with another woman but oh my God. back in the day, I guess, they just kind of kept that hush-hush and no one knew. Yeah. And my mom has since connected with these women that she met through Ancestry.com. <laughs> and they actually uh, sell masks for the pandemic. So I have masks oh, from even, my newfound from aunts. Your new, but, and I have an Ancestry story, too. It's actually funny. I did the same thing. I sent in my DNA. And uh, my dad never knew who his father was. And uh -huh. through cousins and like second cousins it took me it was really hard because not a lot of his family had it but i ended up finding his dad and his dad died never knowing he had a son and uh wow. his family doesn't really want anything to do with us cause they, they're still like the only one left is his uh 93 year old aunt who would okay. know and she's like i mean she's from newfoundland the small town you know she i don't think she really believes in dna that's small town newfoundland for you you know yeah, she's just like no there's no way he could have had a son but you know it's saying yeah it's interesting what you can do with dna and it's really cool that she got to know her sister that's awesome yeah. but with this guy what like i wonder if that's an option or, or maybe there's some kind of private there's a lot in canada there's a lot of weird privacy laws and stuff so i don't know if there's implications with that but you would think that if there was public interest, maybe that would be enough to motivate police or whoever would have to make that call to get a DNA test to try to figure out what they can, what science can tell us about this fella. Because in 2004, when he was found, I don't think that would have been 
a thing that would be done. It would probably would have been very expensive to do that. But now in 2021, it's like an entertainment thing rather than an investigative thing to get your DNA test. Yes. And the thing is, it's funny because two weeks ago, I, I actually emailed the medical examiner about this case and they put me in contact with the police because I was like, um, like the DNA Doe Project. You've heard of them, right? yeah, mm, yeah. So they 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 identify uh, John. They find John Doe's. They find their identity, John and Jane Doe's. And um, I was thinking, you know, if I could get the DNA released to them, then maybe just a broader, you know, spectrum they can try. Maybe who knows? You know, never know what they'd find. So I spoke to the police officer and. He basically told me no because they're a civilian-run project and the only way that they would release DNA is if, say, I saw somebody who matched his description contacted that police force and that police force contacted him. So it was oh, like, you know, okay. there's a big – it is, yeah, the laws around privacy are really weird here, which sucks because with DNA, you'd think it's so – there's so much more opportunity to find out who he is. Yeah, that's a shame. But that doesn't surprise me. I've heard, I've come across, especially as someone who reads up on these cases, especially missing persons cases, Canadian privacy laws often seem to fly in the face of kind of family and victims. um, Not, I would, I shouldn't say rights, but but fly in the face of like the interests of some families and victims of these crimes. But it's, I, I do get the slippery slope that, uh, that's present yes. when you start making decisions uh, on behalf of other people. That I think that's really where this is at, though. It's at it's. I think what this case needs is enough public attention and interest to either get the photo spread far and wide, or to make the police or whomever just be like, "Yeah, we're just gonna do it and do the right thing." Because you like, no is very easy to say when you're getting an email from from you. <laughs> But when it's a... when it's like CBC and CTV reporters are trying to get statements from the medical examiner about why they won't do this, and you know, and the chief of police is being, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, talked about, all of a sudden things happen. <laughs> exactly, that is true. Yeah, no, I I, t- I totally agree, and and that's why you know, like, I want to bring more attention to this case. Like, the more I let people know, the more I hope to get it out there. And yeah, it's but it's it seems like your interest is sincerely in identifying him and finding his family. Like, do you, do you ever think about if and when that happens? Like how you're going to react? I I don't even think I never actually thought about it. Cause I feel like it's impossible at this point, but I would, I would really love to, I don't know. I, I feel hope. like I, it's not so much like I started out as like, you know, like a project, but I mean like there's real people and that's somebody's kid and it's sad, but I mean mm. like, I'd love to bring that closure to the family. Yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, if, if, if it is how it appears on the surface, it seems like he wanted to find a place where that wasn't connected to where he's from. And, but again, um, that's speculative yes. where yeah, he didn't no. have ID and stuff and he didn't seem to have a connection to here. It seems like maybe this was the way he wanted it to go, but I guess you can't just assume that and be like, yeah, we shouldn't help find his family. Cause even if that is how he wanted to go out, his family uh, deserve an answer. Yeah. And that's, that is true. Like sometimes they just, you know, that he doesn't want to ruin his family and be like, you know, I, I just don't want them. Yeah. Like he didn't want them to know that he committed suicide, but at the same time, it's probably worse not being there. You're being like, I haven't heard from my son or my brother in 16 years. Like, what happened to him? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that that vague. Um, 
I heard it described once by uh, I did a series of episodes about a missing young woman named Emma Filipoff, uh, and I talked a lot to her mom. And okay. Her, and her mom had described the idea of um, I I forget the word she put on it, but I think it was called like vague loss or something. And it's the kind of the idea that it's you may know or like logic may tell you something bad has happened, but you never have a chance to get over it or or face it because there's always this like sense of hope i guess that just prevents you from getting through the stages of grief that you naturally go through so you're just kind of always stuck at the beginning stage of the grief process because it's never like put in your face like this happened so you're just you're stuck just kind of in limbo in exactly this this fella's family somewhere is probably thinking he's probably dead, but maybe, yeah, not. maybe this is happening. So they have you know. like that sliver of hope kind of thing, you know, and they can't, it's, there's no closure. And like, it's just when you know that they're dead, I guess you can properly grieve. You can properly mm-hmm. mourn, but how do you do that when there's no body? You no. Know, yeah. Anything? When you don't even, and you don't even know if they're dead. Uh, um, and then just like as you described, his remains are somewhere in a medical examiner's office, probably in a box in a drawer. Yeah, that that's um, that's no way to. No one wants that to be their eternity. No, and it's weird though because um, I know the Jane Doe in Yarmouth. They actually buried her in a in a cemetery down in Yarmouth. So mm. I don't know what made them not bury him, but like the fact that they're keeping the remains to hopefully find his family but not putting a lot of effort into finding his family is it's so odd to me, you know, like, I don't know. I just would love to find out who he is and mm. give his family closure and give him a better name than the Halifax airport. John Doe, like what? A, yeah. That's not a legacy. I'm sure he wants to have. Um, no. So for, for people who are listening that want to learn more about him and more about your work, trying to understand who he was and how he ended up here, where do you suggest they go? Um, well, I'm, I Instagram, I'm at Lena Snooks, but the thing is, I'm thinking about making a new Instagram just dedicated to him, because uh, I, I thought about making a Reddit account, but then I was like, you know, maybe if I made an Instagram account and got his profile out there and I'm just going to try and talk to more newspapers, podcasters, just make him more known. So mm-hmm. I think that it's, and oh, even Reddit, I guess I don't, I, I don't, I, I kind of thought maybe my Reddit as like a joke, jokey thing, but yeah, I can put my Reddit name too. Yeah. <laughs> well, your, your Reddit post about him was really well done and it had quite a bit of discussion. There was a lot of people chiming in on it. It's a, the name. My Reddit account is a criminal, a criminal tat. And the reason it is that it's crime in German, and I, I made it because. What, it, what is it? What is the name? I missed it. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it, which is actually it's funny. It's uh, <laughs> the word crime in German. Okay. I, was, I took German in uh, university, so I was like, I want a crime-related uh, username. So I was like, it's just going to be crime, but in a different language. So huh. it's a. Uh, I'll just, I'll give you the name i'll type it yeah i'll I'll post it in the what i'll do like in my the notes like the show notes for the podcast i'll put links to your reddit post as well as like photos of him and a couple links to um the the very little writing that's been done about him yes yeah the more people who know about him the more chance we're going to find out who he is Mm -hmm. but i i think it all comes back to 
how little there is about him that there's not a lot to discuss. So let's say, um, you know, like the story of Elisa Lamb. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So with Elisa Lamb, of course, they, they found her. But if they didn't, that video of her in the uh, elevator was enough yes. to just get everybody talking. It was like an advertisement for her missing persons case. People oh all over God. the world watch that video. Um, yeah. With this fella... All we have to go on is the very little information the police released in the drawings of what he may have looked like. So it's just, it's not enough to get people caught up. Let's say if there was some strange thing about, uh, some strange detail about him or some yeah. strange little thing on the site. That's the stuff that needs gets to people. be released so people get freaking out about it. It's, yeah. al it's almost like the, which whomever at the police deals with, public relations they almost need like a marketing person that's good at social media to be there <laughs> they do yeah because it's I, I see so many police releases where they're looking for information and it'll be you know like a this guy broke into a car let's say um and they have a photo of of the fella and i just think like why didn't they make that post like fun and the kind it, of thing that people will share and they'll get this uh, guy right away but this exactly boring post, yeah. like something that you're like oh my god like clickbait like I want, I want to click on this you know yeah um, we would if they do need like a social media kind of person and if they had say they had found footage of him on that surveillance that they afford or on that Tim Hortons camera I think this case would have been a lot bigger because just like oh, yeah. the Lisa Lamb thing yeah know. or even just let's say if uh, we someone had chimed in about the the rope let's say if there was some unique detail about the rope yeah. Maybe it means nothing, but just put it out there so people will have something to chew on and, and talk about this. Um, yeah. Because without new information, it's the only people who are going to find out about this are people who are looking at 16-year-old newspapers. I want to thank you for joining me in this discussion surrounding the mysterious discovery of the Halifax airport, John Doe. It completely baffles my mind that in this day and age of surveillance, documentation, and reduced personal privacy, that someone was simply able to be found hanging from a tree and remain unaccounted for. And with that, I'll wrap up this episode. But before we part, I'm going to give thanks. First of all, a huge thanks to Lena Snooks for sharing this story with us. For anyone interested, I've added links to Lena's posts about the airport John Doe in the episode notes. I also like to give a huge shout out to Monty Data for contributing the music to this episode. It's a piece called Noir Tokyo. And lastly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime. Without your interest and your support, Nighttime would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been an uphill battle. So if you want to help take some of the weight off the show's back, please subscribe to the premium feed. Not only will it keep the show moving, it'll give you more of each topic than you're going to find here on the free feed as somatic exclusive content weekly. For about the price of a cup of coffee, help keep the show alive by subscribing to the premium feed at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest subscribers. Mark, Deborah, Jamie, and Sam, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't help financially, please consider keeping Canada weird by sharing the episodes on social media and letting your friends know about what we're doing here. 
If you have any story ideas or if you want to get feedback on the show, find me at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I'm also on social media. I use Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm on YouTube most Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sunday nights at 9.15 p.m. Eastern Time. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you have any idea who the Halifax Airport John Doe is. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.